Hello and welcome to Lore Watch, a roundtable freeform discussion about lore and our favorite media. I'm your host, Joe Perez, one of several lore-focused folks from Blizzard Watch, and I've got my stupendous co-host with me today, Matt Rossi. How are you doing today, Matt? I am. To be fair, in the world that we live in, existing is oftentimes more than can be expected. So saying I am, I feel you. <laughs> Stop feeling me, man. I didn't invite that. That's fair. Well, for... For those of you at home and maybe uh, listening to us uh, that maybe have that same set of feels, we're going to be doing our best to uh, give you a little bit of distraction. We're going to be answering some of your questions today. Uh, if you have questions for this podcast or any of our podcasts, be sure to send those into podcasts at blizzardwatch.com. Uh, you can also hit us up on our Discord channel for Patreon supporters. We have a patron Q and podcast questions channel set aside specifically for you. We look to their first four questions as a way of saying thank you to our Patreon supporters, because without you, we couldn't keep the lights on. We also have ones for folks that can't support us on Patreon, uh, which is just our Q and podcast questions channel. You can also submit questions there. We look there as well. Uh, and if you can't support us by pay by joining our Patreon, be sure to share our content with your friends and tell them about us. Every time you share our show, it goes a long way to helping broadening our reach. And we appreciate that just as much. Now, I'm going to give you a mild spoiler warning here because we are going to be answering one question uh, that is going to go into some things that are from patch 10.0.7, where we are going back to the Forbidden Reach, and uh, there's some strange things afoot. So without further ado, let's get into this. So Gondark on Hellscream, who happens to be a dwarf hunter, great class combination, by the way. Uh, after listening to your recent episode on an elf-based expansion, I like the theory of elves coming together to defeat Azshara or a common foe. I think it would make for a good ending. If Sylvanas returned from the Shadowlands with her new army of dead elves to save the day, this would create another thread, not only between night elves, but Sylvanas and her sisters as well. There is something to be said about that, that th there might be a moment where Sylvanas will come back. I hope it, it's not too soon. And the reason I say that, and I think Matt has said this before too, and I, and I do agree with it. While she is a good character, she is a good foil and she is a good villain. She's had a lot of time in the spotlight and taking a break from her is perfectly fine, even if it's to bring her back in a heroic moment. Um, that said, if it did happen to be Azara coming back as the big bad, well, that wouldn't be such a bad thing, maybe, to have all the elves band together against her, like, you know, maybe they should have done all those years ago. Now, the reason I say this is going to have some patch 10.0.7 spoilers is because on the PTR... When there happens to be a whole bunch of content that is, well, wasn't there during the uh, starting area for the uh, Drakthir, but now are there, which is the fact that, well, there's Naga on the Forbidden Reach. And if you go to a particular cave that is filled with Naga and go and proceed to do your adventurous best to murder them, uh, there is a book which has the flavor text, A Chilling Missive Written from the Deep. And it has some things that may parallel th stuff that you've heard us talk about here on the podcast several months ago, uh, but it seems to be making all the the circuit right now. So I'm going to go ahead and read this real quick, and then we're going to do some wild speculation because I know how much you, you all love that. Uh, the book goes, rise, rise. Our queen calls to us from beyond the umbral veil. She has transcended the circle of stars and basks in her eternal grandeur. The time we have long awaited is nigh. 
Even now, the harbinger gathers the children of the first flesh to reclaim what was lost. They must remember their vows and serve those to whom they owe fealty. While they toil in the deep places, we will journey to the shores of Dragonlands, to the blessed isle where the world breaker first embraced the whispers. As one storm recedes, another rises. The torches have been lit. The secrets he buried will strike as a dagger into the hearts of his kin. The harbinger speaks of a primal power that seeks the end of order. Such rage can be bent to serve our ends. A hunger lost to the ages will be reclaimed. A dark heart left uh, broken awaits the taking. When these things come to pass, the harbinger will fulfill the final prophecy and complete the awakening. Only then shall our queen return to reign over sea and sky and earth. We must make ready. Rise, rise. Soon all that was hidden will be revealed. There's a lot in there, and let's let's pick this about one by one. It's a cave full of Nagas, and I think we can go ahead and safe to assume that the queen that they refer to is Queen Hejara, because, well, I don't know who else the Naga would call a queen. Do you, Matt? I mean, no, there's not really anybody else. Uh, it's pretty obvious that Naga, I mean, yeah, that the Naga are very firmly under Hejara's command and thrall. The one guy decided to worship Neptalon instead, and they stuck him in a cage and later killed him. Yep. Uh, I don't think that, that Ashara suffers rivals. No, I don't think so either. Uh, the interesting thing is uh, the part where it says our queen calls to us from beyond the Umbral Veil. The last time we saw Ashara was where we freed her from Nihilotha, uh, or at least the uh, weird pocket dimension that Nazoth had created, where we free her and she does disappear through, well, a void gate. It's not anything other than a void gate. Um now, it says that she transcended the circle of stars and basks in her eternal grandeur. There's speculation that the uh, circle of stars is uh, essentially the prison that Nazoth was in. But it seems interesting that we haven't taught, we haven't seen her. We haven't talked about her in forever. Uh, well, we have. The in-game characters haven't since the end of Battle for Azeroth because it really hasn't been at the forefront of our mind with going to the Shadowlands. But if she's in the void or she went to where the void is the strongest... That's an interesting sort of position, right? Because what do we know? We know that she was reshaped by Nazoth, given a gift of being able to live underwater, essentially. All of the Naga that served her were loyal to her, that were uh, protected by her. Uh, that was part of the deal. They all got turned into Naga, so they they essentially evolved into a almost a, I want to call it a void-touched form, but she definitely has sort of a more voidy essence about her. We also know that elves have a capacity to harbor the void in them that may be relevant here. We have an entire, well, calling them a, a allied race. They're not really a race, but they're high elves or elves that have accepted the void under Illyria. They exist. They have the power of the void. Azara is an elf, so there probably is the capacity there for that to be a thing. And if she's in the pursuit of power, which we know she always has been, going directly to the source instead of relying on Nazoth or any of the other old gods and just going to the void and saying, yo, I got a, I got an in here. I know what's going on. I'll take your power. That seems like something she would do, right? I mean, maybe. What do you think? Uh, I was actually more interested in the part about the ancient hunger that comes up later. All right. Well, let's, let's, let's skip to that's that. That's Galakrond. Yeah. 
That's Galakrond. So they are saying Galakrond is coming back. Um, it also implies that the primalists are dupes. It's a um, foil, right? Like that it's it's all no, part literally, of the plan. It, but they're dupes, that they are, you know, we can take that rage and bend it to our means, mm-hmm. which implies that the primalists have the thing they're trying to do, which is destroy order and and bring back, you know, what they believe to be the proper lifestyle for dragons. But these guys are going to try and use that to for their own ends, whatever those ends may be. Now, the stuff you just said about Ashara implies that the ends are Ashara's ends. Mm-hmm. The thing about Ashara is, if Ashara is working... Uh, it, the thing is, you can't ever say Ashara is working for, because Ashara only works for herself. Yep. But if Ashara is working alongside or in concert with the Void Lords or with or Void t- entities of some kind. Or just taking their power. Yeah, but I mean, just saying taking their power, that's not how they work. They don't just grant power. Um, so I don't know. She would basically have to have come up with something where they support her and she does what they want her to do for now. That's the closest Ashara gets to serving anyone. Uh, and we saw that with Nazoth. She was, you know, for, for over 10,000 years, she was working to succeed, to, to bring Nazoth's goals into, into success, but only so she could try and stab him. Like, she wanted to try and kill him as soon as she got him out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so whatever she's doing now, uh, I don't think it's as simple as she went to the Void Lords or what have you and said, hey, let's make a deal. I think it's much more likely that she's found a way to do to them and their plans what, what the Naga talk about doing to the primalists. Whereas, you know, they have this goal and I can use that to my advantage. Uh, Shara is never one to put anyone ahead of herself. So that's seeing what's, what this thing is saying, seeing what they're talking about, the torches have been lit and so forth. I, I find myself really curious if this isn't referring to Ashara, what is it talking about? Yeah. Cause I mean, and there's and really not a lot of options here. There really isn't. Cause you, I mean, I've, I've heard that uh, Zalatath was, was bandied about a little bit, but again, I don't think anybody would call Zalatath their queen. At least no Naga would, if they wanted to continue to be alive to do anything. Yeah. Um, cause it's pretty obvious that Ashara will, will kill you, uh, really quickly. If you or worse. seem like a challenger to her throne. Oh yeah. Or worse. Absolutely. Um, I really the- don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I keep thinking about this in terms of what is actually being brought into the world. Yeah. No. So I think, I think maybe it's not necessarily what's being brought into the world, but what's being broken apart from it. Cause there's a couple things here. Like, and I'll, I'll just go through a couple of the points here. Uh, while they toil in the deep places, we will journey to the shores of the Dragonlands to the Blessed Isle where the world, world breaker first embraces whispers. That one seems pretty obvious, right? Eridicron and the uh, other primals that were released from the prisons in the Razagath fight. Uh, again, spoilers if you haven't seen that yet. Uh, the whole cinematic afterwards is talking about how they're going to go to ground, how they're going to be underground. And they don't have an earth warder anymore. They don't have somebody who can essentially track them. That's not their element. That's not their, their domain. So they can't really do it. So they have to wait for them to sort of make their move. And while that's happening, we will journey to the shores of the Dragonlands. The forbidden reach is where we first saw Naltharian embrace the whispers, call out to mm-hmm. Nazoth to get rid of the primals, to get rid of Razageth, uh, or at least long enough to complete whatever plan they had in place. 
And so it makes sense that the Naga would be there. So that's, that seems fairly obvious. Um, the torches have been lit is an interesting one because I've been sitting here thinking about what the torches are. How many Titan facilities got lit up when we did the reorigination device? I mean, everything but Alduar. How many facilities? Well, I, mean, I can't say everything but Alduar because we don't. Obviously, uh, Tearhold slash Aldorus was not active. Yeah, was not active. Aldemon uh, was probably not included in that because it was just yeah. it was not Old- fully active, right? Alduar wasn't activated. I don't know if Aldemon was or not. Um, but I don't know if there was anybody in Aldemon to activate it. We didn't go there. Uh, we went to the Halls of Origination, uh, and we'd already been to Aldir. I mean, Mother could activate Aldir because you know that was her facility. So we really only activated two. Plus the heart chamber, right? Yeah, the heart chamber. I don't know if that counts. But, but I think that has something like, to do with one of the things later on, too. Let's let's say three, then. But even and then, now, But now with Tearhold being activated and... It, it lit up like a yeah. beacon as well. So... I'm wondering... And now, if, ooh, Aldemon is now active again. It is. We just reactivated it. So that's Aldemon, uh, Aldorus... Um, that's at least five. And I think that the, the no, it's not at least five yet. It's not, it's Aldemon, Aldorus, uh, Aldir, the halls of origination, uh, and maybe the heart chamber, but the heart chamber is close enough to both, uh, all the, uh, the halls of origination and on courage that it could be part of that complex. We don't know. We, that's true. We don't know. So it could be four. It could be five. We might get five while investigating because we don't know what's in the forbidden reach for that matter. Uh, and we, for that matter, we don't, we've been saying this all along. We have no idea what's going on in the old, in old war. Yeah. Which, I mean, that could be another point. That's a fight too, right? Like it could be old war gets lit up or in the course of us figuring out what happens there too. The reason that we bring this up is because the Ilganoth whispers, it would believe it re- referenced specifically five torches, mm-hmm. five yeah, lights exactly. to lead the way. Right. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm going with Titan facilities here, and I'm, I'm pretty sure Matt already picked up on this. I'm sure you at home already did as well, is that those are exact, those are huge fonts of power, right? Those are massive conduits of energy that one, we use to blast an old God and we don't know what happened with it, but those are beacons of arcane energy, which we now know is e- either forces or flows of anima or directly tied to the Titan soul itself. Those are huge, huge lights and like a beacon in the night or like a, a uh, lighthouse in a storm that lets you guide the way home. And, and this is going to sound so weird. And I know I, I make these these correlations a lot, but in Warhammer 40K, there's this concept of the astro telepathica where the navigator crews look for the beacon of Terra, which is this giant psychic beacon of the golden throne where the emperor is. And that's how they navigate space in the warp now, because they are, they, they position themselves relative to that beacon. The stronger the signal, the easier it is to find your way back home, back to the center of your universe or the center of what you need to. And Azeroth has always been sort of the crown jewel, like the, the thing that they've want to get their hands on in some capacity. It, it, it represents for whatever the faction is, it's the match. It's the MacGuffin, right? It is. That's its entire purpose. But now if those beacons are lit, now it's, we don't know what's going to see those, what that power is. We don't know what's going to see, you know, that, that bleed. We know that there are creatures in the, in the universe or in existence, we'll say, because we were introduced to them in the Shadowlands that are attracted uh, to high founts of power. 
here's another thing to think about while we're discussing. Mm-hmm. Uh, does um, Wormrest Temple count? I think it does. And that's the other thing is like, what counts as a Titan facility? It's not just the olds. There's things like Wormrest Temple, which was obviously built by the Titans. Sholazar Basin. The, yeah, Sholazar Basin is and and you know Ungoro. Lots of Titan stuff there. Uh, they even it's even been called the petri dish of the but Titans. I, but There's, I think five is a I think five is a red herring. I don't right. I just I don't know one way or the other. But it is worth thinking about too. Like the possibility is is that the um, process of lighting things has been going on continuously. We've been reactivating all of these different facilities. Maybe that's part of why Alduar was cut off. That's the thing, right? Like, and I've been thinking about this especially since the mythic uh, dungeon cycle has included the halls of valor is Odin is now ever present on my mind. Um, We don't know what Odin knows like at all. We have no idea what he, what he has insight into. Uh, So like, is this something that he has insight into and went to Alduar to try to slow that, that sort of that flow, or did he go back for a different reason? Does he understand what is happening slightly and, and just isn't telling anybody, which is, Exactly Odin style, let's be honest. Well, I mean, the one thing we do know is that there's a book in Oldemon that has has Odin's thoughts on what to tell people about mm-hmm. the first ones and so forth. Uh, you know, he doesn't want people to go confusing things and making the Titans seem less important. Uh, and we don't know exactly why he's why that was his thing to do. We don't know why he felt that that was something that they had to hide uh, or or to what end. So there is a lot of what what is Odin's role in this? We obviously Odin knew enough about the Shadowlands because he made a deal uh, with Wizala to you know gain the power to grab souls out of the Shadowlands, which is not something that's supposed to happen. Uh, he got the ability to make his own version of the Kyrian with the with the Valkyr and to basically waylay you know. And that's the thing. Like, were they like how were they getting souls? Did the the Valkyr the the uh the Valajar didn't seem to be conflicting with the Kyrian. You would think they would have been. You think the Kyrian would have been like, "Hey, wait a minute." It seems that the Kyrian didn't even really know about them. The, or the, I mean, and don't forget, he had his own Valkyr at the same time. They were doing com- something completely different, right? Like the the Valajar or the Ihanjar, they're essentially like a army, but an army for what? Well, we know what the army was for because he believed that the the dragons would fail to protect the Azeroth and he would need to step in. But I mean, like his his Valkyr, like when he first created them, when he first made Helia their their leader and you know killed her so she would become to raise her as the first of them, uh, they were like in direct competition with the Kyrian, and they and they have been since. Uh, even Helia's uh, Vrykul, when she had them. Before she, you know, ended up being the jailer's go-to uh, Mossworn herder, she she had her own Vrykul, and they were clearly operating on a completely different, you know, plan. They were obviously part of the plans of the jailer because they were serving the Lich King. Mm-hmm. And at that time, you know, the Lich King was still a cog in the jailer's machinations. He knew that that there was something wrong, and he didn't he didn't necessarily want to do the jailer's bidding, but he knew something was, was happening. There's a lot of stuff like to think about in terms of what these, what these beings are doing and, and what they know and what they've done uh, that we don't know yet. Um, why, why was Muzala in bed with the jailer just because he was a power of death and you can't be a power of death without knowing the jailers around. Like there's, 
there's a lot to this that we don't really have a full picture of yet. Uh, and for that matter, what the jailer was doing, you know, why was the jailer like he kept going on about the threat? And that's something we don't know about yet. Like, what's the, the threat he seemed to be talking about transcended the void? It was beyond that. It was something else entirely. Mm-hmm. And we we have still no idea what that was. No, we don't. And and how that ties into any of the stuff that's happening. So the other, uh, sorry, not to not to go on, but there's another oh, thing right. that we didn't even talk about with that the the line of that particular line in the book, which also I think is really fascinating because so many things can fit there. Which is, I want to go back to this: the secrets he buried will strike as a dagger into the hearts of his kin. Oh, that's definitely Notharian. Is it though? But could it oh, also yeah. be? Could it also be Odin? Could it also be Tyr? Nope, it's Notharian. Okay. That's because of when it's when it's phrased where it is. The fact that it's directly after talking about how the world breaker embraced the whispers, uh, definitely that is Neltharian. That is Deathwing. See, but and that, the I'm not saying I'm, it couldn't fit to other people. I'm saying that contextually speaking, it's almost certainly meant to refer to Deathwing Neltharian. It, it can, or is this a voidy thing where it definitely fits for multiple mm. things for a reason, right? Because. The other one that it really comes to mind is the whole Galacron thing, which we in game, we, the players have found the books in Aldemon that tell us that it was tears mess up and what happened and know that it's linked to the old Gotti stuff. And there's a whole stuff there. I don't know that they're the dragons know that they do. Do they he told them he told them when he recruited them, he didn't specifically say, oh, I screwed up. But he's like, this is my fault. And and I have to help stop it. Like mm-hmm. He straight up told them. He informed them. So that's that's in Dawn of the Aspects. I'm it's not my saying mistake that to fix, have, but I don't think it's perfectly clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that the Tyr didn't have secrets. I'm saying that he did tell them. They there's no way that beings as intelligent and powerful as the Aspects don't at least have an understanding that there's stuff going on here. Like they they seem to trust here, but they know he loved his secrets. There's no so then like, they don't get shocked. When you're you're running around fixing a magic scale and it keeps doing weird stuff, they're like, "Oh yeah, that's that's tear for you." I I don't think it's tear. It might be Odin, but I don't think it's Odin just because I don't think Odin. I don't think Odin is important enough to this part of the story yet for it to be him with no other references to him. Like they don't mention Odin otherwise, whereas they do mention Neltharian specifically the place where the World Breaker accepted the whispers. Because of that, I think it is most likely. Contextually, so then, to be to be the world breaker, world breaker, to be Neltharian secrets, because the kin whose heart the dagger will be driven into are the dragon aspects. There's no Titan kin for, you know, there's not anybody left really to be destroyed by Tears secrets or Odin secrets. Odin's maybe, but Tears secrets, who who's going to be destroyed by them? His kin, his kin are like not even around. Most of them are like either in Ulduar or just like hanging out in various decrepit bases across the or across the Azeroth. So what I, what, I just don't feel like that that's the thing. I'm gonna show which up is, you No, no, that. it's just fair, which is but also like what other secret do we think Neltharian could have had that would be even more of a gut shot that than has already been revealed in and is known by the dragons? Where do these Draxir come from? How did he make them? Why did he have to remove the powers of the black dragon flight from them, but not the rest? He left the rest in. Why did he do that? What are their, what is their purpose currently? 
not what was their purpose. When he had them first, he had a specific purpose for them. Clearly, he no longer felt they could fulfill it. So why are they here? There's a lot of secrets about the Drakthir, the Drakthir's origins, and what's the Forbidden Reach in the first place. Like, where did he get the idea to do this? Obviously, he needed Malagos' help with some of it. So what did Malagos know? What were they doing? Is this where he got the idea for the demon soul? Like, we don't know. Like, we have no idea. And that's kind of terrifying. Because what we do know is already bad. Like, and he was using... Also, that, that Titan artifact he was using. Yeah, that's a, that's a big one, the Titan artifact. Where did he get it? What was it? It obviously wasn't the Fist of Raden. Because we had that, right? But mm-hmm. then I got thinking about this. The Fist of Raden is a fist weapon. Fist weapons often come in pairs. So, if there's the Fist of Raden... Was there also another, you know, was it like, was there one of Odin? Was there one of somebody else? Like, was there another one of Raden? Like, did he have the fist of Raden and the, the hand of the, uh, of the great one or something? Like, what was that thing? Why was it vulnerable to what destroyed it? Like, think about that. Why is it we're seeing that elemental magic seems to have a pretty profound effect on Titan stuff? Like the barriers that are held, that, that held the primalists for, untold eons were broken into by elemental magic which is also odd because it was designed to contain elemental magic yeah but i mean think of it this way an archway is really strong on any force coming down on it but coming out they break easy that's why eggs egg is really resistant to to damage in certain directions but a thing inside the egg can poke its way out if this thing's the inverse in terms of its principles, then it reflects all sorts of elemental magic used inside it, but something coming from outside of it might be able to smash it. I don't know what the deal is with that, but I do know that it is specifically um, Razageth and her followers using elemental magic managed to get all the way in and break them out. I mean, it costs Razageth her life, but she still does it. Uh, and that's think about that the titans is you can't tell me the titans didn't know there were elementals they but look at what happened to odin when he fought an elemental an elemental melted his face off yeah so now it's perpetually burning yeah they're clearly not immune to the power of the elementals which is pure spirit power ultimately right usually yeah the elementals draw the spirit of the world that they're on into themselves on a world like draenor where there's no titan spirit or world soul or whatever grabbing up all the spirit energy, the elementals can get enough and they're, they're perfectly in, they, they have no problems with each other. They don't fight at all on Draenor. The, the elementals have little conclaves and they hang out and they don't seem to even go to the elemental plane. Uh, occasionally they do like when Sirak is summoned from it, we know he was there, but there's something about this that we don't know yet. There's a secret to this power that we don't know. And it's related to that whole thing about how they must remember, like, I forget exactly how you, how it's phrased when you read it, but it's like, they must remember their true purpose or something like that. Well, we're going to get to that too, because I think I, that's an interesting one as well. And I'm kind of curious. Uh, yeah. So go, let's go over that. Cause I think that this fits into what I'm trying to talk about. Well, let's, let's go on to the next line before we get to that, which is the harbinger speaks of a primal power that seeks the end of order. Such rage can be bent to server ends. Who is the harbinger? Yeah, we don't know that. Like, I think I think it's a yet to be introduced threat or yet to be introduced uh, persona to this mix. 
Yeah, it could be a Ritacron, but I don't know that it is. I I don't know that that it would be, especially because what would a Ritacron be doing with the the Primalist or not the Primalist, the Naga at that point? Because the Naga seem to be doing this seem to be doing this despite like the Primalists are are being bent, they're being pushed, or being subtly manipulated. Which I mean, there's all the that hallmarks. Thing, yeah, there's that whole thing about Neptalon, how he got kidnapped in Cataclysm, and then he just comes back in Legion like it ain't no thing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've been wondering since, like, what's the deal with that? Like, what? Yep. Why did Neptalon just show we up? We never, we never resolved it. Yeah, at all. Is maybe he's still got a kraken wrapped around his head, and you know, he's like secretly like reporting back to the, you know, to the Naga. I don't know, but it, it certainly is something that might be the case, or it might be somebody else entirely that we don't know who it is. Uh, there's lots of powerful Naga figures who might come back to to be the Harbinger. It might be you know it could be related to ashara she's got like lots of followers you know who knows i mean it's not Ash- i don't think it's ashara because i think ashara would be the one that they're talking to as the queen about as the queen right i don't think that ashara would be the harbinger but there's plenty of people who it could be now the hunger loss to the ages will be reclaimed i think you said that that'll be galacron and i think that's, that's pretty good. i mean come on that's that's pretty good because i mean it was the all-consuming thing I, I, he represented a necrotic force that was uh, I'm trying to think how to phrase this uh, oppressive, like to the point where Malagos almost got consumed by the, the curse of undeath that was being brought forth by Galakrond. Mm-hmm. Like there, there is a lot there. And so like an eternal hunger associated with an undead plus, thing. You mentioned it before. So this relates back to the thing you talked about, uh, how, when, uh, Tyr was doing the Galakrond experiment in the first place, um, Yog saran managed to poison the waters that they were using from Tearhold. Uh, he managed to like lace them with void energy, which is what created the uh, the hungering monster. And it, so it wasn't as as we were told by um, I forget who it is who tells us, but one of the uh, we're told by one of the the chiefs of the 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 um, oh bloody heck the the Naxdrama, not Naxdrama, Maldraxxus. One of the Maldraxxi tells Talia uh, Menethil that necromancy isn't the same thing as death magic. Mm-hmm. Death magic is a, is a power born from death, but necromancy is using magic to affect death. And anybody can do it with any, you can do it with the light as was done with her. You can do it with the void as was done to Galakrond. Galakrond's, you know, undeath that he was creating, it was fueled by void energy. It wasn't fueled by the energy of the Shadowlands because that wasn't coming through. It was void energy. So there's, there's that. I think that that's a big deal. That could be related. If you wanted to say that the secrets were tears, that would be the thing that and that's, comes that's, through. Not that not that he made Galagrond. No, but, but the source of it and like it, what they actually knew of it. Yeah, and that the 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 well of the the when we there's a quest yeah uh, in in the area around Tearhold. Uh, it's like a basin below it where there's there's like a one of those dragon construct people and one of the the watchers is trying to trying to protect the uh, aqueduct that serves as valdraken's aqueduct and that water is the same water that goes up into Tearhold. yep i brought that and, up i brought that up when we started talking about the ruby life pools in the first place yeah and so from tier the ruby life pools are on the other side of a strait so that the water there is different 
but the water in Valdraken comes straight from the there's, same source as the water in Tearhold. There's and a there's, there's a there's an aqueduct. Yeah, you're you're going to point the aqueducts, yeah. Yeah, there's an aqueduct that carries the water to the ruby life pools. Yeah, but at the same time, they also have like it's kept there. It's it's done. It's treated differently. I just think that's interesting to think about the fact that the water in Tearhold is where he was doing the experiments in Tearhold. That's where he was doing them. That's where he experimented for Galakrond. Uh, now think about this. Going back to what secrets could he have found out? We know that Neltharion was deeply curious about the origins of the dragons. And probably further than that, right? Like, is we talk about the the secret of the first ones. We talk about the secret of, of that being buried away from basically everybody that isn't one of the, or isn't a prime designate, right? Then maybe that factors into it too. Maybe Neltharion struck onto something there. Maybe, but also think about this. We've talked before about the fact that all dragons are elemental creatures, right? Yeah, or at least are capable of being affected by it in a very unique and interesting way. But they come from originally the initial dragons that became the proto, the things that became the proto dragons come from the elemental planes. They are inherently elemental. You can go to the elemental planes right now and see them. They're stone drakes. If Mm -hmm. you go to uh, deep home, you can see them there. You go to the air one, you can see the air dragons. There are elemental beings that take on, and we know that dragons can become these various elemental beings. For instance, in the realm of fire, we see a dragon turn into a firebird. Yep, we sure do. And the firebirds seem to be the draconic thing from the Firelands. Even though they're called firebirds, and they look like birds, they seem to be the dragon correspondent uh, from the realm of fire. If you think about that, why now you start thinking, okay, wait a second. Why is Tyr trying to turn a Trodo Drake into a servant of order in the first place? Is it because it's elemental? Is it, in fact, the desire to tame and direct an elemental force? The whole idea of why you use dragons? And did did Neltharion find out that that's what they were doing? That they were essentially using the order magic to attune dragons to order? But, you know, even today, like, if you look at Alexstrasza fighting Razageth, she breathes fire on her, you know? she's She doesn't not use fire. Fire is still very much a part of the red and, and black dragonflight. And that's another thing. The black dragonflight has more than one element within it. Because it's not Earth elemental force. It's the Earth itself, which has both fire and, and rock within it in constant conflict. That's an inherent part of what makes the black dragons what they are. And it might be why... Neltharion was trying to understand, and it also might be why he was so vulnerable to the Whispers, because he was inherently in conflict with himself because he was a black dragon, because that's what black dragons are. They're earth and fire in continuous contention. That's why they, they all the lava stuff, all, you know, if you go to the Obsidian Citadel, it's all about tapping into that because that's the earth as a, as a structure, isn't the element of earth it's, it contains both the element of earth and the element of fire. And to that some degree, the elements of water and air. Azeroth is made up of all four, right? And also, Azeroth is drawing the spirit, which is anima, which is the fifth element of classical shamanism, right? Mm-hmm. So why choose dragons to, to fulfill this role? Why not use the Titanforged? Why did Tyr decide to do something against what Odin wanted? Odin was technically the prime designate. Tyr wasn't. Tyr certainly had a lot of respect 
and everyone knew he was a powerful and capable being, but he, you know, him and Raden weren't prime designates. Why, why not? Why would you pick Odin to be prime designate in the first place? Did they not want to be prime designates? And when Raden is going around shaping the elements, creating the elemental plane as planes, as we know them using the fist of Raden to do it, why did they do that? Why didn't they free the elementals from the bondage of the old old gods? Yeah, so I've been thinking about that too. Like, is it a tr- is it because they couldn't? Yeah, or is it because yeah, that's in fact they couldn't, or there wasn't anything to free them from. They and that's why they imprisoned them because they were afraid that left to their own devices, they'd go right back to trying to gather all the the um spirit yeah, energy. Yeah. The anima, and the, therefore the wounded world soul inside Azeroth wouldn't be able to get it. In her current condition, they would be able to take it, and she wouldn't get all of it. And they needed her to get all of it, so they locked the elementals away. Is that what's going on? And did Neltharion know that, or something else? You know. But it is interesting to me to think about, like Neltharion. We know he had that massive library. We know he was doing something even before, and he had that artifact that controlled the Drakthir. Where did the Drakthir actually come from? Mm-hmm. What are they? And, like, I mean, I'm just going to say this. You you keep pulling out the Warhammer references, so I'm going to pull out a Dragonlance one. Yeah, might as well. They're every color but black. Yeah. Like in terms of the powers they have. We know they used to have black dragon power, but then they, they stopped when he got on his old god kick and started thinking continuously about reproduction for his 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 uh, flight. How could he how could he fight how could he in this black dragon flight fight four other flights as successfully as they did? We get a mention of that in the quest of the the old the older dragon who, you know, sit a while and listen. Very Veristraz. He talks about how, well, you know, the blues weren't really up for it. So it was three against one and, you know, the reds aren't really great fighters. So it was really kind of like two against one. And, you know, but think about it. He managed to hold off all four of them. How did he know he would be able to, unless he'd done something to them? You know, the whole dragon soul thing, which we know is a thing. thing. Yeah. But what if he'd done something before that? What if he'd done something to their eggs? Because Drakthir... We don't, where do young Drakthir come from? Are there young Drakthir? Are there baby Drakthir out there somewhere? Is there a clutch of Drakthir eggs? And if not, why not? You know, to that, to that same effect, now that I'm thinking about it, we don't really know where the other Draconoids come from either. All we know is that dragon eggs exist. Do they get, is this a case of you modify the egg to suit your needs? I don't know. I mean, that's. One thing to think about is the fact that that drac, you know, that draconid when you first come to the uh, the the first zone, mm-hmm. and she's actually really nice. I, I often like her, but she's like so worked up over the eggs. Like, is it just a case of you know I worship dragons, so anything dragon related you know upsets me, or is it more like you know that thing is important to everything about this place? Which seems more like the case, right? Because it's not just a sacred duty; it's it is the continuation of, it seems like all the bloodlines, right? Because mm-hmm. at least that's the way it was presented to me, or at least what I took from it when we were talking about that quest in particular, it's like, you, like you said, why is it so important to him? If it, is it just the dragons? No, I don't think it is because we never, we never knew where the Draconoids come from. We were originally under the impression that the Draconoids, and when I'm talking about Draconoids, I'm talking about the, the big burly bipedal, uh, basically, well, 
Well, hold on a second. That, that, uh, yeah, for, for, that, that we were first introduced to uh, in Blackwing Lair as an enemy to fight, really. Like, and we were told that they were the result of an experimentation by Deathwing. Well, maybe that wasn't true. Maybe that was just something that they. Or maybe it was true. Or maybe it was the, true. The experimentation, because here was we know from Vault of the uh, of the Incarnates. Uh, Incarnates. We know that Aragorn, who betrays the uh, the dragons and goes to defend the defender, Aranog has a mother. Broodkeeper Diurna and Broodkeeper Diurna doesn't look anything like him. No, she's, she's a, a she's, she's a, a four dragon centaur. <laughs> yeah, but she acts just like if he were her biological child. She says she he mm-hmm. was her son. She says that now it's revenge, and then he starts breaking these eggs with all these dragons in them. And I start thinking to myself, whose eggs are these? Because they're in the vault, and the vault was a prison. So these are uh, these are proto dragon eggs. Why are they in? Why imprison the babies inside the vault or did these guys bring them to the vault and why would they do that mm-hmm. like you know there's there's a lot to think about if deathwing we know that the the primalists were angry at being forced into into doing something even though uh we keep hearing alex raza say you know didn't force you into anything we didn't you know what if she didn't know what deathwing was doing and what deathwing was doing involved proto dragon eggs because proto dragon eggs would be closer to the original elemental form of dragons and thus yeah. malleable. I was going to say, I was going to say easier to easier to modify. There's a dead proto Drake, a massive one in the forbidden uh, reach, right? In, no, not in the forbidden reach, uh, in the first zone, the waking shore. Uh, it's, it's in the, the encampment. Uh, I can, I want to say the Nezingware, but it's not Nezingware. It's no, the, the, uh, the dragon scale encampment. Yeah. The dragon scale encampment where we, you, they introduce you to essentially cataloging the, the archeological one the, find. One of the drag there says, you know, I want you to take my picture next to this because I just, <laughs> I feel a kinship to it. I don't really understand why, but I look at this and I feel this kinship, this massive dragon from, from ages ago that went down in combat. What could kill a gigantic proto-drake like that? Another big dragon thing. Was it a proto-drake who killed it? Or was it a dragon? Like there's, I, you know, I'm not saying that Deathwing was going around killing proto-drakes and stealing their eggs, but I'm not saying he wasn't either. Yeah. I mean, it would make a good. <sighs> and it also would explain why he was so surprised by Razageth showing up. And maybe, going well, maybe Amber. not, maybe not. Like, so maybe that adds context to Razageth in general. Right, because there's a lot of things that Razagath says that that I think maybe point in this direction with, with exactly what you're saying, which is uh, the whole, you know, you made this choice without us. We, you, who are you to choose for us? Why are they so riled up to begin with? Right, and so I've been thinking about that. Like, nothing. These dragons, the dragon flight that we know, how were they forcing? the proto dragons to become dragons. How are they forcing the incarnates to become dragons? Maybe they weren't. Maybe Neltharion was. And that's what started the whole thing. And why Razageth went for Neltharion first. Because you might be onto it here. You they if he's going around killing the biggest of them, taking the eggs and experimenting on them, birthing the Drakthir, figuring out how the elemental forces play along with proto-dragons, because like you pointed out, and I agree with you, they are the perfect canvas with which to work when dealing with the powers of the Eternities here. 
Yeah, and, like that the, would explain the a lot of are, it. The dragons are one form that they can be made to take. That's when order is applied to them. Yeah. We we know that now. What from, if you from apply tier? other stuff to them? What, what if, if you, you apply dragon essences to them and you can you make the drac there? Can you make draconids? And but we know uh, and we know some of that some of that already has been answered too, right? Like look at experiment X two B and 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 all of those other things that we saw with uh, the different dragon flights. We talked yeah. about this in the dragon episode where we talked about the nether drakes uh, or the nether drake or the nether dragon flight. We talk about what the possibility of a void flight would look like. There's yeah, there's the twilight flight. Uh huh. And for that matter, there's the weird storm dragons. Uh huh. Are those things more like, are they from the plane of air originally? Are they more affected by order? Did Odin grab them and do something to them because they seem to be involved with Odin a lot. So there's, there's a possibility here that also when we're talking and going back to one of the earlier things, the, the uh, secrets buried will strike like as a dagger into the hearts of the kin. If Alex Straza was to go into the vault of Naltharian and his library and find his journal where he talks about stealing proto dragon eggs right out from underneath Razageth and the other incarnates who, you know, maybe, and maybe this is just me uh, putting this onto these characters, but like Ysera and Malagos and, uh, why can't I remember his name now? Time boy. And those normal. Thank you. Uh, and, and but I, I now petition that he and Stony Danza form a team to fight crime. Stony Danza and Time Boy in <laughs> Crime Players. And, and Alex Straza, like they seem like they would just kind of let them be, right? They would just, you don't want to choose this, fine. Go on your wherever you want to live and leave us the heck alone. We'll leave you the heck alone. That's sort of how they are. Now, Therian may have just not left well enough alone, and he may be the cause of literally all of this from the I mean, very beginning. Yeah. It's, it certainly is a possibility. I mean, think about like if he found out what Tyr was doing. And in a way, it might end up being that this one phrase refers to both Tyr and Neltharian. Yep. Because if Neltharian, after Tyr was gone, keep in mind, Tyr was gone way before the War of the Ancients. Mm-hmm. Like this, we're, we're looking at like around the time of the primalists, perhaps even before the primalists Tyr got driven out of old ran off with uh, those other two. He went to them and said, Hey guys, I'm going to be going away, but here's a, here's a scale. Like, just keep it safe. He might've like Neltharian of all of them might've been like, what's the deal with that? Like, why did he do that? What is that scale? And he might've started investigating. Oh, oh, oh. what if he used it as a blueprint? Yeah, maybe. He wasn't dumb. Oh, oh, F no. Far from it, right? And he could get Malagos to do practically anything he wanted him to. What if Deltharian like, isn't actually dead? Well, I've been saying for this whole time that he's coming back soon. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, what if that's the whole reason? Like, because we, we find out that he created essentially a backup of himself, just like Tyr did, because he learned that's what could happen. And he did it before Razageth came and he made his dark bargain. What if we go back to that original question of who leads the black dragon flight and it's and you say and, it's Neltharian and it's Neltharian <laughs> who gets reawoken in a new body that we forge for him or that is waiting for already in the labs. And all of a sudden we have a pre-corruption Neltharian and we find out all of the seedy stuff he did and it becomes a whole big complicated mess to resolve. But that's a, there's a possibility of that, especially because you're pointing out if he had access to that scale, that's, yeah, I, that's interesting. Another possibility might actually be that that's why he was so angry about uh, Rathion's creation in the first place. Mm-hmm. Remember, he was furious that they dared to do that. Maybe that's because he knew, oh, this thing existing now means that I've got a problem. Yeah. 
there's a lot to this and we have we have meandered all over the place on this thing uh but i will say that in general i do i do think that these these uh selections that that from the book that's found in the cave i do think that they are referencing something ashara is doing yeah i would agree with that and and And, we haven't even gone through all the stuff like we haven't talked about the dark heart left broken awaits for the taking like what is that what dark heart are they referring to yeah um or you know when they talk about the queen will reign over sea sky and earth i mean she was the queen of the keldori and like they literally that was a world-spanning, almost a completely world-spanning empire, right? Like they had the almost- only parts of ancient Kalimdor that the Kaldori did not have dominion over were ones they didn't care about. Yep. Like the trolls, for all that the troll empire was very powerful in its heyday, by the time the Kaldori came around, they were completely unable to stop them. The the, the Zandalar could do nothing. The the various other troll tribes, the Amani, the the Gurubashi, couldn't stop them. The only reason that the trolls weren't wiped out completely was there were simply places that the elves didn't really care about. So yeah, whatever. It's not worth to us the effort we'll have to expend to eradicate you. Just go live in that mountain, in that forest over there. We don't care. The other thing that we didn't talk about was the Harbinger gathering the children of the first flesh to reclaim what was lost. That's what I think is actually dragons. Is it dragons or is it the Black Empire? I don't know. And that's an interesting point. Because during uh, that time frame, the first things but, that we know of that were fleshy was the creations of the Black Empire that were literally born of the flesh of the old gods. That's that is a fair point, and that I do not have a dis- I do not have a means to dismiss. So I'm I'm definitely saying yes, that is certainly an option. I just think that the children of the first flesh would be something that is tied to what we're doing. But now that I'm thinking about what you just said, there is a lot to be a lot a lot of merit in that statement. Because I mean, what what do we know about non-Titan forged races before, essentially, what we now know as the races? Because like there were trolls, right? No. Ish. We don't. I don't I, think we can say that about trolls anymore because we've seen uh, Titan Titan forged things that look like trolls. Uh, so, so maybe that, the, that's in question. So that's in question. Fearbolg are in question. Fearbolg, uh, Torin, um, various other races that seem to come from one of the ancients in mm-hmm. some way. Uh, like we we're pretty sure that Neo Zhao is the ultimate progenitor of all the Shuhalo Torin peoples. Uh, the, the, um, oh, I can't remember their name. The fiery ones, not the Tonka, the, the ox ones that we see in Pandaria. Oh yeah. I can't remember the name of them, but I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like those guys initially, um, then they branch off into all these other groups. We know that they existed before the, the uh, Mogu got their hands on them and the Mogu just made them like, you know, they, they made the cow people bigger and angrier, which is basically exactly what, you know, humans have done with actual cows. We, you know, made cows bigger. Um, so, you know, it's quite possible that there, you know, that there are, there are people on Azeroth who existed before the coming of the old gods, but we don't really know because before the coming of the old gods was the elementals in continuous conflict. And so, it's fair to say that, you know, like him or hate him, the Black Empire is the first nation created on Azeroth because before that, the elementals were just constantly fighting over the place. And elementals are definitely not flesh. Yeah, absolutely not. But I mean, and I'm wondering, that's why I keep going like with the, the Harbinger. Maybe the Harbinger is Queen Ajara. Like maybe that is the purpose or what she winds up coming back as is sort of the Herald or the Harbinger. And she has another army at her beck and call. Cause if there are no more old gods left, that's a pretty good bargaining chip. 
I don't know. There's a lot here, right? Yeah. And for that matter, you know, the old gods being gone always feels like it should be in air quotes. Yeah. And I always take that with me giving the exaggerated air quotes with my, with my hands in the air there. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, there's a lot here, but I do think that all of this points to, like you said, everything seems to be pointing to Queen Azara being up to something big. And if anything, anything would bring the disparate elf races together, that's definitely that as far as I'm concerned. I mean, can you think of anything else that would let them or entice them even to put their, their, I don't want to say grudges because that, that sort of downplays it. The tragedies that have befallen each of the different factions of the elves that have sort of pitted them against each other in some capacity and force them to sort of reevaluate that. I mean, there are, you could always have something else. I mean, we could come up with like, oh, hey, it turns out that, you know. Is there anything more compelling? Uh, there might be. But in terms of things we know about and have seen established lore for, I think that Ashara is is the logical because they, they all have umbrage. They, they all take umbrage with her. They all have. Their, oh, yeah. They all have a problem with her. The blood elves descend from the high elves. The high elves were the ones who said, "She's no, we tried. We tried. She's to that's she's working with the demon to destroy everybody on the planet who doesn't match up to her idea of perfection, and only she matches up to her idea of perfection. We out. Uh, the nightborn, exact same deal." Tehran like, hasn't had know, a chance to, to pick a fight with her yet, which I'm yeah. sure she's got some choice words for her. Uh, and, you know, Ishara, you know, Taranda was always somebody that when Ashara found out about her, she just absolutely hated her. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, there's that too, but pl- there's even more like the whole thing that the, the, the night elves have highborn wizards who were there and who were like, yeah, no, <laughs> we're going to just drink demon power. Cause we don't know what's up with her. Uh, there's a, there were a lot of people who turned, you know, if, if, if they didn't turn, they're probably Naga right now or the descendants of those people. We have an island Every- full of ghost elves that have a problem yeah. with her too. Yeah. I mean, if, even when you go to Nazjatar, there's ghost elves who, who, you know, blame and, and, and hate Ashara. There's a lot of stuff going on in terms of she, she is the most logical figure for a expansion where you, you deal with these issues where you basically, you, you can't fix them you can't spackle them over and be like hey remember that silly time we burned down your home yeah well, how crazy but you can say look do we want to live on a planet that exists listen there's a yeah. void portal opening up and Azara is coming out with a whole bunch of naga and a whole bunch of things we need to deal with uh, we will deal with what we have unresolved issues later but this is a little more important you can't kick my butt if i'm dead so why don't we go make sure that the world exists so then you can kick my butt later. Right? Yeah, it, it literally, <laughs> literally, you know, it's it's not that we like each other. It's not that we're friends. It's that we both keep all our stuff here. You know, Azeroth is where we keep all our stuff. Yep. If Azeroth is gone, we're going to have to get on one of them Draenei ships and wander the galaxy. And I, I don't want to do that. Those guys can't pilot worth anything. That sounds exhausting. Uh, yeah. So let's let's defend Azeroth. Let's, let's save it. We don't want Azeroth becoming a Void Titan either because then it will start destroying everything. Uh, yeah, so... But that might be actually might speak to the thing we were just talking about in terms of why the elementals were able to break into the vault in the first place. The Titans seem uniquely vulnerable to these forces from outside the world. Like you can make a void Titan, you can make which, a fell Titan, you know, which I think is something that we saw a little bit of and in, in maybe Shadowlands gave us some clues on, right? 
because we talked about the Pantheon. We talked about how they were created and how they're essentially vessels that were uh, given form and purpose and a mantle placed upon them. And we speculated that the Titans were kind of the same thing. Well, if that's the case, then that makes them very susceptible to, you know, I don't want to say reprogramming, but it's really the the most analogous thing I could think of. Look at the the thing with um when Sargeras went fell, he was able to take on the rest of the pantheon by himself. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he had a bunch of demons with him, but you know, he went toe to toe with multiple but members of the pantheon. But he didn't get destroyed by fell like everything else the fell touches. Yeah, he was molded by it. He he became almost an avatar of it, really. Yeah, and so it's interesting to think about like what this says about the forces that drives elemental power. It feels like elemental magic is basically direct anima manipulation on a very, and I'm sorry, Joe, I'm not saying this to be mean, but on a crude scale. No, it really, like, why would you be saying that to be up, mean? It really it well, exists. Just, I don't want to say, I'm not saying shaman or crude. I'm just saying that no. shaman <laughs> magic, shaman magic is based on directly influencing the, th- the components of existence with the spirit power, which it is absolutely is. anima. And that's why they, they also have the thing where they talk to the dead. Like that's a whole thing. Shaman can resurrect the dead. Like they can battle res in game, but they can resurrect the dead. They can resurrect they can themselves. The dead. Yeah. That, what is that? If not, you know, basically saying no anima, you are not going out of this well, body. You're staying in even, the body because I need you now. Let's go even further. There's a there's a whole shaman uh, talent, which is an old spell subset, where they literally summon an ancestor to heal their companions. And what is that if nothing but reaching into the Shadowlands and pulling raw anima, like a, a force, a soul, an essence that we now know exists, that we have context for now, which we haven't before, as to why these souls can be brought back, they do that. They literally do that. Yeah, and, and it's not just shaman. Obviously, other classes oh, yeah, tie into sure. it in different ways. But shamanism and elemental power seems to be one of the ways that the Titans don't have an answer to. Mm-hmm. Because look at go back to when Odin got his face melted. Uh, look, go back to when Tyr, you know, Tyr loses a hand like to Galakrond, you know? Uh, void magic through an elemental being. He he didn't have anything for it. He cut it. It bit his hand off, and he, he nothing he could do to stop it. Um, oh, you know, uh, Raden gets his heart pulled out, um, and and used against him by one of his own creations, mm-hmm. who are ultimately elemental beings. So there's a lot of things to think about in terms of why the elementals are doing this now. I still say we need to hear from the freaking various elemental lords as to what they're doing. Yeah, the fact that we're dealing dealing with uh, essentially an elemental invasion, which is what the primalists are, and we haven't gone and said, yo, what up, is telling and concerning, at least from my my viewpoint. Absolutely. I'm the I'm the farseer. I'm the one that like they swore fealty to and I'm not calling up them and being, yo, what are your people doing? Mm, That's going to come back and bite us in the butt later. I'm absolutely confident of that. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. But I think that's going to do it. We're kind of over on time. We could talk about this for several more hours, and we probably will in the very near future. Uh, but I do want to thank our, our good friend Gone Dark there for uh, not only asking this question, but at a appropriate time where this this stuff starts getting uh, discovered and uh, brought to light. So uh, do want to thank you for that. 
And uh, I do want to remind you that Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch. Your continued support means this podcast setting community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Again, if you have questions for any of our podcasts, be sure to send them into podcast at blizzardwatch.com. You can also hit us up on Discord. If you're a Patreon supporter, go ahead and submit those questions in Patreon queue and podcast questions channel. If you are not a Patreon supporter, we do have the Q and podcast questions channel and whoever you are, be sure to share our show with your friends. We greatly appreciate it. But with that, folks, we'll see you next week.